hello, hello, everyone. God bless you all for tuning into the Driven by Purpose podcast by the one and the only, by God's very own daughter, Clementina. But y'all know me as Tina, big part. But now let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. God bless you all for tuning into this podcast. Y'all know before we even get into the topic, I have to say ever so quickly, subscribe, 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 subscribe. Please, if you have not already, what are you actually doing? Okay, I want you to also tell your mama, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your cousin about this podcast. And also, if you feel led, definitely leave that five-star review. But wait, before you even leave a five-star review, okay, don't just leave that there. Uh, if you feel led by the spirit of God, please actually leave a detailed review about how this podcast has blessed you in the past or even at the very end of this podcast, if it really does bless you. And if you feel led by the Holy Ghost, please leave an actual detailed review just so that this podcast can expand to other people, other regions, other states, all that, um, just so that the work of God can continue to be done. Okay. Nevertheless, let's get straight into today's topic. So, hmm, first of all, before I get into the topic, I just want to say shout out to one of my friends. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to blow her up, but um, she had actually hit me up a few months ago, so I'm super duper late, mercy for real, but she hit me up a few months ago and she actually asked me to touch on this topic and the specific title slash topic that we're going to be discussing is how God revealed my call and my purpose to me. And I, I don't know why, but God just was ringing this topic in my ears for a few weeks. So I was like, no better. There is no better time than to actually make this podcast episode than today. So let's get straight into it. Now, this is going to be more of a testimony. And being that it is a testimony, I'm going to take you guys a little bit back. So let's start right around in middle school. So first of all, before I even get into it, I'm Nigerian. I feel like I've said that a thousand and one times. (laughs) Like somebody, yo, if I could get a dollar for saying that I'm Nigerian, I would be rich by now, seriously. Um, But I'll be rich in Jesus' name. But anyways, okay. So I'm Nigerian, as many of you all know. But okay, the one question that always plagues Nigerian households that they love to ask Nigerian kids is, okay, what do you want to be when you get older? That always is the question. They always want to know, okay, what do you want to be? What do you want to pursue? What do you want to do in college? You be in elementary school and old people, older people, older adults be asking you, okay, what do you want to do when you get to college? Like, mercy. But anyways, when people used to ask me what I wanted to be when I was really, really young, like elementary and middle schoolish. Um, I really wasn't sure. Like, you know, it's very easy to say, like, oh, I want to be a doctor. Oh, I want to be a nurse. But it's like, you're not actually sure. You're just saying that because it sounds good. But around um, middle school specifically, I would always respond um, some like just relating by saying something in either the medical field or in law. But specifically, I remember in a few stages in my life I was like okay I want to be an anesthesiologist I want to be a nurse I want to be a physician physician's assistant I want to be a surgeon I want to be a psychiatrist I want to be a lawyer I want to be a judge I want to do this I want to do that you name it I said it I said that that's what I wanted to be mercy but because I'm an Adrian girl at one point in high school at the very beginning of high school being a nurse was what stuck, but very, very soon and very, very quickly. And the Holy Spirit just brought this into my remembrance. When something is not meant for you, even though you could say, you could say, you could say, if it's not meant for you, it's not going to work for you. Because at the very very beginning of high school, I was like, okay, I want to be a nurse. So I want to get shadowing experience. I want to volunteer in hospitals. I want to become an EMT. By the time I graduate high school, I want to do this. I want to do that. Listen, I don't even know how many applications I sent so that I can volunteer or so that I can shadow, but it literally never worked out. I wanted to take like different like eat, like figure out EMT classes or taking like different things so that I could be ahead of the game. But it literally never worked because I was just simply never graced for that field. But we're going to get more into that very, very soon. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But anyways, like I said, I wanted to be a nurse originally. That stuck for a while. But then eventually, later on in high school, I think maybe in like 10th grade, one of my best friends at the time, she asked me a question. She was like, Tina, like, wait, 
Like, I think you should become a psychologist. She was like, you love talking to people. You're very passionate about mental health. So, girl, the only thing that makes sense is for you to become a psychologist. So, I'm like, hey, this sounds good. No, this actually sounds good. I'm like, no, psychologist has a, a good ring to it, okay? Like, I could be a doctor. I could be doctor. I could do, I was hype, y'all. Like, hype, okay? But man plans. And guess what? God laughs, okay? And my first point that I want to make is we sometimes subscribe to a so-called calling or purpose because of human expectations and societal or cultural pressures. Now, as I stated before, I wanted to be a psychologist so that I could be called doctor, okay, and so that I could have my ego stroked. I wanted my African parents to be happy. I wanted to be the ideal African child, even though my parents never pressured me to become a doctor every day in my life. But it's just like, oh, it sounds good. It sounds like the perfect thing. I can be the it girl, right? So let me just go into this field because it sounds good. But I want to bring up a specific verse, which is Romans 12, verse 2. And for my Bible scholars, y'all know it says, Do not be conformed to, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, going back to my original point, we can sometimes unknowingly conform even regarding career. Now, when I originally raised this this specific verse, some of y'all are probably like, oh, sh- oh, good. Or like, oh, goodness. Like, I never thought that conforming can actually relate to career. But it's true. Sometimes we, we, we just want to go into a specific career because it sounds good, because it makes money and this, that, and a third. And granted, I just want to say that There is nothing wrong with making money. A Christian can make money. A Christian can flourish. I am not against that. But I feel that one thing that God has said to me in the past and one thing that he constantly reiterates is that we have to understand that not every everyone carries the same grace or purpose. Not everyone is called to a singular field or a singular job. Like, I don't know if you guys have been seeing this on TikTok and Instagram, and this doesn't only happen in the field of nursing, but there, unfortunately, like there have been like a, not, a lot of nurses who come on TikTok and they complain and, you know, they say that they don't want to be in the nurse nursing field anymore because it's not what they expected and now I'm not trying to say in any way that nurses they go into it only because they want to make the money but I'm just trying to emphasize the importance of entering a field that you are graced for you may pass the test you may get through college you may get through whatever residency this and the third but if you don't have grace for a field you are wasting your time and I'm saying this in love If you are not graced for something, you are wasting your time. You literally are. And I want to also read Proverbs 19 verse 21 where it says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. The thing is, is sometimes we spend so much of our time designing our future and focusing on fulfilling the ideas that we have for ourselves. Like for me... I'm not a weirdo, but like I love like hearing different stories of like why people leave certain fields. Like even right now, a great example, tech. Everybody wants to be a tech body. And listen, I'm here for the luxury lifestyle. I let it see me myself. I like nice things. So I'm actually not against the luxury lifestyle. But the thing is, is if you actually do in-depth research, which I have actually done myself, because like I said, I'm pretty interested in things like this. You will see that there is a high level there's a high amount of people that are actually leaving the tech field yes there are a lot of people that are coming in but there are a lot of people who are leaving prematurely because a lot of people are realizing that it's it's not what it's cracked up to be i mean it is in many ways but it's not what it's cracked up to be for people that are not graced for this specific field you can't just say oh you want to walk into a field just because you can make a bunch of money because the thing is, people say, oh, money cannot buy happiness. And some people are like, oh, that's not true. But it, it's true. Money cannot buy happiness. After a while, all the money just stacks up for no reason. And it's like, in the end, what do you actually have? Like, you, your happiness is literally gone. That's why we see millionaires, billionaires killing themselves, committing suicide, unfortunately. Because at the end of the day, there really is nothing new under the sun. Money cannot buy happiness, especially in terms of career. But we're gonna we're gonna go back to to the testimony. I don't I don't not, I do not want to go ahead of myself. 
Okay, so we're going to fast forward. So, like I said, I wanted to be a psychologist this whole time. I went to college. I was getting my, my bachelor's in psychology, declaring my major. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a whole psychologist. Bada bing, bada boom, bada ba. It's lit. Even if you guys listened to my last podcast episode, I talked about how I wanted lab experience and I wanted like shadowing experience with psychologists so that I can get into PhD programs so that I can actually pursue, so that I could actually pursue my PhD in clinical or counseling psychology. Um, But like I said, God had other plans. Anyways, over the pandemic specifically, when I was looking to apply for PhD programs, um, around that time, I had even gotten into two pipeline programs, one at Yale University and another one at Northeastern University, where they would actually provide me with mentors, help me to apply to the PhD programs by the time I finished college, um, etc. But literally, I had accepted the offers for for, um, the program. Um, and the thing was literally right when I was about to start the program with Yale specifically, the Lord told me at that time, he literally told me that I was not meant to go and pursue my PhD in clinical psychology. Mercy. Let's let that sit for a second. Let's actually sit with that. Imagine me. I think I'm lit. I'm like, I got the plan set out. Like I'm about to get my PhD in this. It's lit. You know, I'm about to do this. I'm about to move to God knows where. I'm about to do this, do that. I'm going to be in school now for the next five to six years studying this. I've got these mentors. I've got these programs. And then God just says, no, that's not what I wanted you to do. But the thing is, the thing that I really want to highlight from this testimony is that God was always speaking. And I'm going to I'm going to explain the few signs that God presented to me way before I got into that mess. But God definitely helped me out. But anyways, even before that, months earlier, one of my best friends, actually, she's still one of my best friends to this day. Shout out to her. She's listening. Literally, when I first started college. One of my best friends, she spoke to me. She was like, Tina, I really think you should go into social work. You should pursue your master's in social work. And I told her, heck no. I was like, girl, uh uh-uh. I want to be Dr. Jessa, okay? I want to be Dr. Jessa, who who is a clinical psychologist. I don't want to do that extra stuff, please, okay? Um, So I was like, girl, I'm not going to do that. But the second point, as I stated earlier, is that God is always speaking because God may not speak or God may not make sense initially, but he always makes signs. My apostle Dominic from KFC, I attend Kingdom Full Tabernacle. He always say, God does not make sense. He makes signs. God was speaking through my best friend months before God spoke loudly and clearly to me. But also I feel like a big sign is that number one my mom is a whole social worker that's one that's another and the thing is is all throughout my life my mom has talked to me about social work and things of that nature and for me I I kind of liked kids when I was younger I feel like another indicator was I was always around kids every job that I've ever had has been related to kids in some capacity and kids seem to be drawn to me in some way shape or form So I feel like that was another indicator, but let's continue on. Nevertheless, I just want to read this quick scripture from Jeremiah 17, verse 9 to 10. It says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. (sighs) Now, the thing was with me, I wanted to help people. Yes, but my heart still yearned more for worldly validation. And it's hard to admit, it's hard to admit that, okay, I, I have an evil heart. I have a heart that is deceitful. I have a heart that, that yearns for worldly validation. It's actually hard to admit that. But sometimes when you look back at your actions, you can clearly see that the things that you did were not spirit-led, but they were fleshly-led or they were very carnal, right? But anyways, my friend, um, she spoke to me a few months prior, um, way before the pandemic even happened. She was like, girl, I think you should go into social work. Um, And I said, heck no. But then once the pandemic hit again, not only was I getting a bunch of dreams and visions, but my friend came again to me out of nowhere. It was so unexpected. She was like, girl, I really actually want to take I want you to take what I'm saying serious. I think God is saying that you should pursue your MSW. You should get your master's in social work. Right. And I at that time. What I love about God is he had gotten to a point where 
especially because he was revealing it through dreams and visions and the pandemic was a time of a lot of self-reflection my heart was softened so I actually did start to do my own research and I became open to the idea and then what I feel was key and what I want to highlight is I started praying for God's will to be done and he started to change my desires to where I only wanted to get my MSW right and my next point is or before I get into my next point let's read Matthew 22 verse 14 it says in Matthew 22 verse 14 it says Jesus tells us that many are called but few are chosen that's essentially the point so many people are called even right now to do signs and wonders in this generation, but it is not packaged in the way that we expected. For example, I have been given some bomb gifts on Christmas in the past, right? And I'm talking about bomb, like literally what I wanted, right? But I can recall being given gifts in the most ugly gift wrapping paper but imagine if i judged the gift solely on how it was presented to me in the gift wrapping paper i would miss out on the prized possession that i'm being gifted with with it's low-key the same thing with god god may tell you that you are destined to be a speaker around the world blessing nations but suddenly he instructs you to sign up for the cleaning department and your church scrubbing toilets and you're like god how does this relate how does this relate? How does this relate with the calling that you have for me? God, you told me that I'm supposed to be talking to nations and I'm supposed to be, you know, proclaiming and evangelizing and things like that. But you're telling me to scrub toilets. Like, it don't make no sense. But that's a whole nother topic. But essentially, you can never have a proper heart posture holding the mic if you don't know how to serve. That's one. But we're not even going to get into all of that today. The, the major point that I'm trying to draw out of this is to go back to what I originally said. So many of us, God is literally speaking to you, go into this specific field, go into teaching, um, go into um, engineering, go into becoming a doctor. Shoot, there, there are a lot of people, God, are, God is calling them into the medical field. God is calling you to literally do signs and wonders, to be that nurse, sometimes to be that CNA, to be that LPN, to be that person in marketing, to be that person in tech, to be that person maybe doing the job that other people don't want to do. Maybe God is calling calling you to do something that is not so glamorous where you have to go through the mud to literally make it right but sometimes um it makes sense because sometimes for those of us who are called into more challenging things like for example let's go with the medical field in order to become a doctor you have to literally go through trials and tribulations you have to go through years and years of school and that is not an easy calling that is not something that is easy to do um but the thing that i want to kind of draw out of this is if your dreams, I don't want to say are scary, If you're, but I'll go with that. If your dreams are not scary or if your dreams are not intimidating in some way, shape, or form, why are you even going after it? If your dreams seem too easy, if it's too attainable, it's not to say God cannot make things easy for you. That's not what I'm saying. God can make the path smooth and easy for you because he clears the path for you but it doesn't take away from the fact that sometimes you do have to go through trials and tribulations to get to where he has called you to be because it's like if you're truly called there will be some type of resistance in the spirit because the enemy does not want your manifestation to come to pass he does not want you to become exactly what god has called you to become so he will try and resist you in one way or another from becoming everything that god has called you to do so back to my specific or my original point if your dreams are too easy, go back to the drawing board. If your dreams are not in some way intimidating, go back to the drawing board. Go back to the drawing board, literally. Because sometimes what God calls us to do, the plans that he has for us sometimes, the things that he says to us, they're, they're a little frightening. They're, it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little hard because it sometimes requires us to step out of our comfort zone. But let me not let me not get into everything too much. Let's get into these next verses. So I'm going to be also be reading 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 where it says, "So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God." And then Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope." 
and a future. Then I'm also going to be reading Proverbs 3 verse 6, which says, In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. The thing was, going back to what I kind of discussed probably 10, min- 10 minutes in, when I surrendered my will and my way, okay, when I surrendered the way that I thought my life was supposed to go, God cleared the path for me. Now, to kind of go a little deeper into this whole testimony, right? So when God kind of told me like, girl, you better apply for your MSW. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're graced for. This is literally what I've called you to do within this season. You need to pursue this. When I surrendered, you know, God started, as I said it before, God really started to change my desires to where I really became so passionate out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pursue this. Now, I do want to share when I finally came to that conclusion, there was one school that I wanted to apply to. And this school, it is the number one social work school in my state, literally. And it is one of the most competitive schools to get into for social work in my state. And the thing was, was, okay, I told God and I'm going to be real with y'all. I told God, I was like, Lord. I am not paying for no application fee, God. I refuse. Like, if you want me to go, if you want me to go to this school, God, you have to make a way because I refuse to pay for an application fee. And what I love about God is He really meets us where we're at. And I told God, I was like, God, I'm not paying for no application fee. So if you really mean that you want me to go here, you gotta make a way. Even though I had $75, your girl was being cheap, though. I was like, nah, God, like, let me see. Let me see. But anyways, so I told God that and literally I hit up the school. I was like, hey, because the thing was, I applied to about nine schools for graduate school. I got into them. I got into all of them. But the thing was, was I got application fees, fee waivers for all those eight other schools. So I'm like, okay, for this school, I should be able to get a fee waiver too. Anyways, I asked the school, like, okay, can I please get a fee waiver to apply for this? Blah, blah, blah. It's the pandemic. Ah, whatever. And it was like, oh, no, you have to pay the $75. No exceptions. But let me tell you about my God because he surely made an exception. Anyways, around that time, it, I, it was my last year in college and I had became an RA. Anyways, to God be the glory, God literally made a way where my RA director, like my director at that time, he connected me like just accidentally. I accidentally met the the woman who is like the director over the school, like over the whole entire school system. I literally met her and I was like, hey, like I really want to apply to this school, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you really should. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to get an application fee waiver, but they wouldn't give it to me. She was like, she was like, email me and we'll get you one. And literally in a, just a few days time, guess who got an application fee waiver? This girl. Nevertheless, God gave me the application fee waiver. I applied and I told God this school, it had a, it had a requirement. It was like, the only way that you could get in is after you submit your application, you must go through a long interview. And I was like, Lord, once again, if you really want me to go into this field, I don't want to do no interviews. I don't got time for that. And let me tell you about what my God did. The thing was, I applied to this school late. So I applied like in September, which is very, very late for like grad school applications, like I think mid or end of September. So I applied late. That's one. But obviously not like I applied definitely before the deadline closed, but I still applied very late in the game. And typically you're supposed to start applications relatively early. So I applied late in the game, but still God was so faithful because I actually got into that school, not only without an interview, even though an interview was a requirement, I got into that school without an interview, but I also got into that school one month, wait, no, two months after I applied. Literally, I got into that school two months after I applied. Now, the thing is, is especially schools like grad schools, stuff like that, that school specifically, they did not accept people on a rolling basis. Typically, they would let people know if you're accepted, you would know in February. That's like the standard time that they would typically reach out to people. But these people got back to me literally in November to tell me that I was accepted. So you can't tell me that that is literally not God. As I stated before, 
if something is for you, if God literally wants you to do something, he will clear the path for you, especially if you acknowledge him in all your ways. He will literally allow your paths to be straight. And since then, you know, even I didn't even have to pay an application deposit. God has just remained with me all throughout graduate school. You know, I've heard there are a lot of people in my school, that, school, they complain about it. They're like, hey, things are not working out for them, blah, blah, blah. But I can truthfully say that God has been so faithful because I've had great professors all throughout my, my, my graduate school career. I've had great internships and great connections all to the glory of God. I don't say this to boast in my works, but I say this to to just talk about God's faithfulness, especially when you are faithful to him. God is faithful to you. But the thing about God is even when you are not faithful to him, he's still faithful to you. Because as I stated before, for a while, up until the pandemic, I literally said that I wanted to be a clinical psychologist when God was speaking to me, even possibly even when I was in high school that he wanted me to work with children at first i didn't understand in which capacity but god has always been speaking but i did not open my ears to listen to him but even in my disobedience even in me not paying attention to him he was still faithful to me so i just want to talk about that i just really wanted to highlight that because i feel like that was really important and i also want to share um that i was discouraged by people the thing is is god will allow your path to be cleared yes he'll show up for you he'll stand with you but that does not mean that you will not be ridiculed by people that does not mean that people will not try and put you down because that because of the things that you're pursuing um to god be the glory my parents they stood with me but i have to be honest certain people came and they tried to speak words and say that I was not going to make money, that I was not going to make an impact, that I was just going to be stuck um, as a caseworker or a case planner or that I was based. And there's there's nothing wrong with those jobs, but people were just trying to say that I was not going to um, to be successful. But I rebuked it because that is not my portion. But the next point that I wanted to make ever so quickly relating to what I've just stated is when God called you to do something, it was never a conference call. God did not God did not organize a Zoom call of people like literally like in order for him to release your purpose, God was not like, okay, let me add a Zoom call of like 20 something people, um, sister's whole family, her cousins, her brothers, her sisters, her friends from high school. God did not, God did not organize a Zoom call saying that, okay, he needs the validation of other people before he blesses you. Nope. It was being that it's not a conference call. You literally do not need the validation of other people to confirm what God has spoken over you. What God says stands on its own, irrespective of what people feel, how, what people think about you. As I stated before, what God says, what God releases, it speaks for itself. So at the end of the day, when God called you to do something, it was never a conference call. He does not need the validation of people to bless you and, and to prosper you. He does not need it. So why do we, why are we as people so pressed about the validation of other people? Some of us, God has probably called us in, into teaching or called us into different things that are not so desirable or maybe it's not so aesthetically pleasing. And we're like, oh, my goodness, I don't know what other people are going to think or, oh, I'm afraid. Or for some of us, God might even be calling us into full time ministry. Right. God is saying, OK, maybe I'll let you finish off a few years of school, but I want you to drop out and I want you to eventually pursue full time ministry. And that within itself is scary. Not because we're scared of the call, but we're scared of what other people are going to say. Like, mercy on us, for real. Mercy, for real. But the thing, my next point that I want to touch on as well is our purpose and our call is not for us alone. Our testimonies are also not for us alone. Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Matthew 28 verse 18 also verse 18 to 20. It also says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. 
I feel like this scripture literally kind of highlights and really touches on, I feel like, what I do on a daily basis. Granted, I may not be on a stage yet um, preaching and, and touching people and, you know, like delivering people and things of that sort. But maybe that's not what I'm called to do right now, but that's okay. Another thing that I want to mention is ministry can still look like a nine to five job. Some of us were interested in ministry. Some of us are very zealous for the things of the Lord, but not everyone is called into the fivefold ministry specifically. God can still call you to do something else. And and also, even if you're not called into the fivefold ministry, that is actually okay. God is. God has still given you gifts. He's still given you talents that you can still expound upon even without pursuing what looks like the regular way of doing ministry. Me, myself, I'm in social work. And even though I'm not, quote unquote, touching people to heal the sick and this and a third, I'm doing it in another capacity. I may not be blasting in tongues I'm evangelizing on street corners, but hey, when I'm providing counseling to children who their parents have mistreated them or they've gone through situationships or heartbreaks or they're not doing well in school, as I hug children, that within itself can provide deliverance. If we go back into the Bible around, especially in Acts, we see that some of the disciples, just their shadows alone. Just their shadows alone, by them walking in certain areas, people were, people were able to be healed, literally. So it's not always a thing of, oh, I need to be doing this. Oh, I need to be doing what this man or woman of God is doing to prosper. There is no formula, especially in the kingdom. Granted, there are things that you are supposed to do, yes, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, is we cannot try and curate our formula of what we think it means to be successful because we will fail if we literally try and do that. Specifically, remember my first lady and my prophetess from Kingdom Full Tabernacle, the church that I attend. Okay, one of the only big per. I can distinctly remember my prophetess. She mentioned, she was like, sometimes like, especially these new and upcoming believers, like sometimes we're so zealous to carry a mic. We're so zealous for people to hear us and for people to know us and for us to be famous and for us to be on posters and flyers and and be delivering people and this that, and that third. But that's not what everybody's meant to do. And that's actually okay. I really wanted to emphasize that. In your field of study, in the field that you pursue for your career, that within itself can still be ministry. God can still use you. If you are called to be a nurse, you can you can prophetically heal people. You can deliver prophetic words to people. You can provide encouragement. There is still so many things that you can do to, to advance the kingdom of God outside of holding a mic. Or even there are some people, they're called to do both. They're both called to hold a mic and also called into a specific career. And that's good too. But I feel like what I'm trying to emphasize is with your calling and with your purpose, go and ask God. Don't let society create what create or tell you this is what you're supposed to do because you're a Christian. Okay. This is the only way that you can see this succeed. This is the only way that you can do this. You can do that is if you follow this specific way that a man of God or a woman of God followed. Yes, you can be inspired. Yes, you can, you can take notes and things like that, but we have to be careful to, to not idolize another person's journey and try and do the, the same, take the same exact steps. Now I'm not saying we can't learn and be like, okay, I'm going to do this and do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes if we're not careful, we will try and follow that person's formula to make cake and it will burn it in the oven. And it will just not work out. So listen, I don't know if I don't know if this has ever been y'all, but sometimes I don't know if y'all go on Instagram and you see like a recipe that's bomb. Like I remember I remember when I was an RA and I was living at school, I had a little kitchen in my room. And I remember I saw this bomb recipe on YouTube. Like it was so bomb and it looks so good right and i promise y'all i literally promise y'all i followed that recipe step by step literally and that food was so nasty
And you know what? Maybe in that season, I wasn't graced to be as good of a cook as that lady was. But I'm praying for the grace to know how to cook even more. I'm a good cook. But with that specifically, I messed up bad. Like, I just, it was a recipe from a different culture. So maybe I'm not graced in that area. And that's okay. But that's the thing. We have to just acknowledge that we can be good at a lot of things. But it's like we... Once again, we don't have to follow exactly what everyone else is doing. Literally, we don't. We don't have to let society, we don't have to let Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube determine what steps we take bit by bit. Um, now, I'm going to read another scripture, which is from 1 Peter 2, verse 9. We've been very scripture heavy today, as we should. But 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, the thing is, is with me, Right. Um, as I stated at the very beginning of this podcast, I'm God's very own Zorda. Okay, I'm God's very own prized possession, special possession, as this scripture said. I'm God's very own holy nation, right? And the thing is, is when you're confident in who God has created you to be, you don't try and be like everyone else. You don't try and follow everyone or you don't try and copy everyone. You don't try and do everything because you're able to recognize, you're able to discern what your God-given talents are. So you aren't really bothered or threatened by other people's things because you also have the ability to recognize and also appreciate and honor the grace upon other people's lives and i feel like that's super duper important i pray that we all get to a place where we not we not only are able to acknowledge the graces upon our lives but we're able to see other people and see that they're flourishing in this area and flourishing in that area and we don't try and jump and do that same thing but instead we acknowledge and we honor the grace upon that person's life and realize that okay maybe I might be good at the same thing that they're doing too but is that what I, what God has called me to do in this specific season though I can also recall when I was in when I was in high school, I remember the big thing that everybody used to do back in the day that all the girlies were trying to make money on was the wigs. So I literally remember or I remember literally watching tutorials about how to make wigs and I eventually figured it out. I started like making my own wigs and stuff like that. And I remember like people like I posted about it on Snapchat when I was in high school. And people were actually hitting me up, like, yeah, can you make a wig for me? I'll pay I'll pay you to do it, this, that, and the third. And around that time, I was starting to get a little bit closer to God around the time I was starting to make wigs. And I just remember at first I was like, yeah, 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 I'm going to make these wigs. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Hey, I'm hype. Um, But the thing was, was out of nowhere, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I feel like I finally caught the revelation that I just wasn't graced for that. Granted, I could make a wig. Yeah, I could. But just because I could... Is that what God called me to do, though? Because the thing is, is if if God called me to do hair, for an example, and I'm a person of the kingdom, I'm a child of the kingdom. If I'm called to do that, my only or my my inspiration or my joy or my motivation will not only come from money as a kingdom oriented woman. My joy, my motivation would be that, Lord, as I braid this person's hair, may they carry the glory of God. Lord, as you've graced me with this talent, oh God, may may you bless this person, Lord. If this person does not know you, oh God, as I braid this person's head, oh God, or as I install this wig, oh God, may they come to know you, right? Because God has given me this talent, so I'm dedicating it back to him. As he's bringing me clients, I'm dedicating it back to him. But the thing is, is God kind of showed me that because I wasn't graced in that area specifically, I was going to lose interest along the way. Or not only was I going to lose interest along the way, I was going to just be making wigs anyhow because I had no interest in it. The money was what was fueling me and motivating me. But the thing is, is as I stated before, money gets old. So God quickly showed me that, especially as a kingdom-oriented person, we shouldn't be careless. We should not be careless. Granted, there are a lot of a lot of side hustles and things that you could do to make money, but it's important that we ask God to give us grace and to show and reveal to us, is this something that we should be doing? But we are going to go into my final points, okay? And a little bit of advice for the people thems. 
So my final points are pursue God and his wisdom. His ways are higher than ours and his thoughts are higher than ours. We sometimes let social media tell us what paths we should take. Everything our eyes see and our ears hear is another way for false wisdom to penetrate our minds and our hearts. So we must be very careful and guard our ears and our eye gates. Next point, our talents, our purposes, our callings, everything we knew, everything. I'm talking about everything we do needs to point back to Jesus. And if we don't, or if the things that we're doing do not point back to Jesus, that's questionable. And as I stated before, back to the drawing board. Next thing that I want to say is when we are working to exchange our dreams for God's plans, because that is essential when we're, when we're working to follow on the call and the purpose that God has for us, it will require surrender. And it is never easy to loosen our grip on our own desires, but it is the first step to experiencing the joy of embracing God's will for us. Also, we are called to trust that God knows what he is doing and that he is taking us exactly where he wants us to be. Now, going into like semi advice, I guess, for anybody who um, just may be struggling in some way, shape or form to discern the will or the plan or the purpose that God has for you. I feel like what's essential or for some of you guys who may know what God has for you to do, but it's really hard to actually follow after and to actually do what God wants you to do because you like, God, this thing, this John look crazy. So it's hard in some ways. I feel like the only advice that I have is that it's important to pray that God will mold your heart and also that our desires would be transformed to God's desires, that God's will will be done above all else and that we will desire that God's will will be done. Further, that God will have his way and that he will give us the grace to accept whatever his will may be for our lives. Proverbs 20 verse 5, it says, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Romans 8 verse 28 also says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The thing is, is God is not going to look you. God is, first of all, God is not going to leave you looking like an idiot. He's not going to leave you looking dumb like let's let's be all the way real like let's be for real for a second like if you are actually trying to follow and obey God and serve him and you want him to be glorified in your life you think that God is going to have you looking dumb like come on the sense not sensing y'all like when I really sit back and sometimes I think like I really used to to like see God in such a terrible light. Like I used to think that obedience meant looking stupid or obedience meant that you couldn't, you know, be happy or you couldn't have joy or anything that God was going to like literally suck or just drain you out of everything to just follow his will. Or I felt that following the will of God would just simply be boring. But I can say that I truthfully have found fulfillment and joy in the purpose that God has destined me to carry out. I wake up even on days where I'm tired, like y'all, where I'm tired and I want to snooze my alarm. I wake up and I wake up in expectation and I wake up in joy and in gratitude that God even chose me and purposed me to carry out such an important mandate. And it may seem little to some, it may seem like, oh, it's nothing like, girl, you just talking to kids. Like, first of all, some people, let's debunk this some people really think that going into social work you just about to be snatching kids from their parents like come on it's, it's 2023 let's get some education let's try that but yeah some people really did think that like girl that's not what i'm doing okay to give like some context at least for me the purpose that God, you know, revealed to me, at least in this specific season, is to go into school social work. And school social work encompasses providing counseling, providing mentoring, providing encouragement and uplifting students who are in some unfortunate situations. It doesn't look like snatching people from their households and things like that. And that within itself, to some people, it may look small, but in the eyes of God, it's important and it's relevant for this generation. Because if we notice some of the things that the enemy is doing, the enemy is literally coming after children, coming after young children. Some of the things that young children are doing now at such young ages, 
it, it's crazy. So we need more kingdom people. We need more influential people in different fields, not just in social work, not just in the medical field, not just in tech, not just in, in teaching or education. We need kingdom people in every single field, in every single industry to bring glory onto God's name. And another thing that I wanted to mention is that God qualifies us, not earthly positions. Even if God has called you to a position where you'll be a consultant and you'll be making 100K or you'll be working on Wall Street or you'll be doing these great things. You'll be on ABC, NBC. Even if God has called you to such high positions, it is still God who qualifies us, not earthly positions. The degree does not qualify you. The, the, the marriage does not qualify you. The position does not qualify you. Nothing qualifies you but God. You are qualified because God said you're qualified, not because a piece of paper, not because a degree says you're qualified. You're qualified literally because God says you are. That's it. Granted, it doesn't say that I'm not trying to say like, okay, you shouldn't be hyped because listen, on my graduation, I'm going to be hyped. Okay, I'm definitely going to be shaking the whoever's hand really, really hard and going crazy on my graduation. I'm going to be hyped. But it's just to say at the end of the day, God still qualifies me. Not my earthly positions. I did not arrive just because I got a degree. I did not. I will not arrive just because I get married. I will not arrive just because I've gotten uh, another degree or another position or another whatever. So our security, essentially, it cannot be tied to our earthly achievements or else we will always feel like a failure. We will always feel empty because the thing is, is accomplishments give instant gratification, but it's slippery. It's it slowly fades away. Literally. That's why, unfortunately, as I stated earlier, a lot of millionaires, billionaires, they commit suicide um, and they're they're disconnected from their lives because granted on the outside it looks great but those earthly achievements do not qualify you it does not give you peace it does not give you joy only god can because going back to that verse what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but he loses himself you out here chasing a field because your mom your african parents told you to chase a field and you're not even interested in that forget that you're not even interested in it god is not with you following that like he is not with you at all so, me, I'm not telling nobody what to do, but, you know, may God speak to us all. <laughs> but to round off, once again, for those pursuing things that God called you to, but it's hard, or people who may not understand slash things may not be working out in the specific field that God has called you to, do not let a trial, do not let a tribulation um, push you out of what God has called you to do. Don't do that. For those of my students, um, my students, college students, um, graduate students, medical students, um, whatever type of student you are, PA student, whatever you may be, whatever type of school you are in, or even if you are not in school, whatever it is, don't let a trial, a tribulation, don't let a test that you failed or don't let whatever try and trick you, try and push you, try and throw you out of literally what God has destined you to do since before literally the world was created. Don't do that. Literally, I just want to provide a few more pieces of advice. Pray for an outpouring of grace. If you're struggling, if it's hard right now, pray for an outpouring of grace. Also, let God be God. Pray that God will take complete control of your situation. And after you do that, rest in the God of your salvation. I feel like a lot of us, sometimes we pray. We're like, God, okay, do this, do this, whatever. But it's like, we're so worried. So we don't even give God time to act. Like, we just start to just worry, 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 worry. Literally. And it's just like, God is like, girl, I'm trying to help you. And you don't want me to help. You just worrying and you're trying to figure it out by yourself. You don't want me to help you. So when you pray and when you ask God to give you the grace, and when you ask God to help you, believe it. Let God be God. Rest in the God of your salvation. Also pray that God will, will not allow you to be a mockery as you work to pursue his plans above your own. As Apostle Joshua Selman says, obedience is not foolishness. As I stated before, do you really think God will call you to a specific field? And he knows that it's hard for you to go into this. Maybe it's the medical field. Maybe it's something you want to do outside of the medical field. Maybe it's like a just a quote unquote regular job and you got to drop out of school because God's telling you to do this above, above going to regular school, whatever. Let's say God is telling you to do that and then you 
to your whole entire family they're like oh you're dumb you you shouldn't have did this this makes no sense whatever you think that in the end god is still going to allow you to be made fun of and to be a mockery in your family no and it's not to say god has to prove to anyone because the thing is god does not have to prove to anyone that he is god he just is that's it he doesn't need to prove to anyone his, his dominion his power anything like that but because you have chosen to follow him and to obey him and he knows that you have feelings and you have wants and you have desires and it's been hard and it's been a stronghold for you to do something and going against your grain going against your own grain and your flesh he will reward you in due time so as i stated obedience is not foolishness it's not so those are essentially my final points. That's pretty much how God revealed to me my calling and my purpose. I truthfully pray that this podcast has blessed you. I stated before, if it has blessed you and you leave this place without putting a five-star review or even writing something detailed, God will talk to you. But truthfully, <laughs> now nah, let me stop with this accent. Mercy for real. But truthfully, if this podcast episode has blessed you, touched you, confirmed something for you, reminded you of something, please leave a review. Put it on your story. Like, tell people to tune in, you know, little something, something. But truthfully, God bless you all for listening and tuning in. I pray that you all have a great day. And I will talk soon. Sailor. stars.com